You are listening to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. Here are your hosts, Trevor Mueller and Jake Grant. Washington was dominant on both sides of the ball on Saturday night as Jimmy Lake and company made a statement to the rest of the conference. The offense was opened up and Dylan Moore showed why he won the starting job. He was efficient and showed a strong arm as he connected with my favorite, Cotton, seven times for 100 yards and a touchdown. This is Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel. We're like Johnson and Schilling. World Series pitchers. For the Boston. From Boston. No, uh, well, no, no, you're right. No, you're right. No, it's Arizona. Dang yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I went with the theme of Arizona this week. <laughs> you're right. It's Arizona. From Boston. Those are fun. From Boston. <laughs> Arizona. Yeah. I brought a split, date with me. They split Same the – uh, drink up. They split the uh, World Series MVP honors. That's right. One former Mariner and uh, one former guy who had a bloody sock, apparently. Yeah, from Boston. That's right. Yep. Um, so, obviously, Washington, a dominant performance. Uh, if you go by, you know, finishing in the third quarter, Washington blanked them. But, of course, the two and three deeps got in. Uh, the score ended up being 44 to 27. 27. Jake, what are your initial thoughts on the game? Um, really great three quarters of football. I understand that Jimmy Lake wants to get those young guys in. It's the perfect year to do this, right? Mm-hmm. With the COVID restrictions and everything that they've done, they said, hey, you can play anybody you want and you will not lose a season of eligibility. So why not get Cooper McDonald in? And why not get Daniel Haimui in and all these other guys, Julius Irving, get Julius Irving on the field and let him get torched for two late touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But um, they really did perform as well as I've seen a Washington football team perform in a long time. They were, they were dominant on all three phases of the game. They, they beat them up on offense. They ran the ball really well. The offensive line pushed around Arizona on defense. It seemed like Arizona was so confused by everything Washington was doing defensively. They tackled in the open field. You saw those corners and those safeties come up on screen plays and make tackles and not let guys get behind them, which is mm-hmm. exactly what Jimmy Lake wants. And then on offense, or on special teams, you saw Kyler Gordon flying down the field on kickoff and punt recover uh, or punt coverage, uh, stop him uh, on the one yard line once on the kickoff. He, oh my gosh, how many times did he get them behind the 20? Right. By, by At least two off the top of my head, and one of them was an absolute uh, – he destroyed him. Yeah. So, I mean, all three phases of the game, Washington absolutely dominated, especially after how we had seen Arizona perform against the USC team that's nationally ranked and have a chance to beat them late. And if it wasn't for a really kind of an immaculate reception by USC, that game's over and Arizona wins that game. I mean, so, it went through the Arizona res- right. uh, defender's hand. That's an interception to finish the game. So, yeah, and, and there's a reason that guy plays defense because, I mean, <laughs> we could have caught that. Mm-hmm. Um, for us to go out there and handle Arizona the way that we did, to me, 
was really impressive, and it should put all the naysayers to bed. It won't, but it should for the time being. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to look at it, that some people who uh, find ways to complain about this team will look at the fourth quarter and say oh. how how many issues there was. And talking to my dog father, my actual father, um, <laughs> he was he mentioned a lot how Chris Peterson was so good at getting these guys reps, but doing it in a way where it was sprinkling them in throughout the game where you look here, it, the score was out of hand going into the fourth quarter. You're looking at 37 to nothing going into the fourth quarter. And this is the equivalent of emptying the bench. Um, so obviously, you know, Chris Peterson did that. I can think of some Oregon State games where he, you saw Jordan Miller get his first pick in garbage time against um, Oregon State but you haven't seen an entire quarter of two and three deep guys going in with no starters. The only guy that saw major time that was in on that fourth quarter, Kyler Gordon was in on some of those plays. Jacob Bandis, who's become part of the rotation was in there as well, but you're looking at, you know, the teeth of your defense, your inside linebackers were both guys who, Daniel Haimuli, this is the first time he's been on the field uh, as a linebacker in 2020. And then MJ Tafisi, who is that third linebacker, it looks like, who gets some time, but really, uh, especially with, and we'll talk about this, Jackson Sermon played a lot better today or last night. Um, But, you know, looking at it overall, let's take that third, those first three quarters. That was an absolute domination of a team. Um, taking the ball, you're on, you're somewhere around your 30 yard line, and Washington lines up to punt it away on a fourth and one. They give it to Jackson Sermon, yeah. and he rumbles for a first down. And then, you know, Puka Nakua catches that slant route and takes it the distance. Um, Arizona couldn't get anything started, the offense looked great you can't really complain too much about what you saw in those first three quarters. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And Jackson sermon was short on that fourth down punt. And and he had a nice little late surge to, to yeah, he rolled over a guy basically. (laughs) Yeah. I loved it. That's a scary thing to start with early in the game, deep in your own territory to, to fake punt and uh, be stuffed a little bit short and, Maybe poop pants a little bit if you're a head coach. You know, and I think if you look at the conversation around Arizona coming into this game, right? people were pretty high on the Wildcats. They obviously, talking to Eric Townsend before the season, he was pretty down on them. Yeah. But then watching them take USC, who, because of where they play, they're ranked right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think maybe justifiably so after them beating Utah – so soundly this week but being able to go and really be one fluke play away from winning that usc game i think that the narrative was justifiable for maybe arizona coming up to washington and giving them a game yeah and that was you know that that first fourth down play uh that was a statement 
and um, I really liked it. It shows the aggression of a Jimmy Lake-led team. Um, it shows that Bob Gregory, the, uh, the special teams coordinator, trusts Jackson Sermon to roll over a guy for a first down, um, that they've practiced that enough. And then John Donovan, I thought, really opened up the playbook and really showed what he's learned since leaving Penn State. Well, and last week we talked about, in the pregame show, we talked about the spread, and, and we all picked against the spread, and, and I don't think any of us picked Washington to cover. If we, were, if, we, if we were in Vegas, we like to talk about if we were in Vegas a lot. If we were in Vegas, I don't know if myself or you would have picked Washington to cover, especially the way that Arizona had played against USC. So for them to come out and pretty much double up against the spread – is phenomenal you know they, they obviously they didn't they didn't double up the spread because of late surges but you're going into the fourth quarter with your ticket in hand saying all right well I'm gonna go ahead and cash this one in because right. we were we were drudging Arizona and and there were a couple of times me and my wife were watching the game and she looks to me and goes they're defeated Grant Cannell looks absolutely oh. defeated and that is the best sign for defense. When you look at the opposing team and he's looking at his head coach like, I, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> you know, everything that we try is not working. So that's, that's a good sign for this team moving forward, especially because the narrative on Arizona was Grant Cannell can fling the rock. So, And you're right. Man, watching his body language around the third quarter is – Ryan Bowman absolutely put that right tackle on skates oh, and, and, and three plays in a row. Oh, uh, it was unbelievable. They, they abused that guy pretty, pretty badly in that game. Yeah. Um, but watching him, you know, miscommunications with his receivers, uh, missed throws, getting, getting hit all pretty much all game. Um, his, the, the demeanor that he showed, was yeah. so um, defeated, like your wife said. I think that's a good way to put it. We were talking about it, too, that, you know, going into that fourth quarter, if I'm Kevin Sumlin, I'm thinking to make a move, maybe to go to whoever the backup is, not to bench him, yeah. but first off, the the energy that he's sending out as the leader of your team yeah. was not good. Yeah. But on the other side of that, what kind of damage is that doing to him in the long term? Uh, when things are going really poorly, he's not ready maturity wise to rise above that, keep an even keel and be the leader. Yeah. Uh, is there some irre irreconcilable different uh, problems that this causes? Of course, Washington calls off the dogs he's able to go out and, you know, end up having a pretty good stat line with 259 yards yeah. and three touchdowns. But all of those came when the game was absolutely out of hand. He had, yeah. he, the, he had something like 50 yards going into the fourth quarter. The entire team had 77 total yards. It was an right. absolute domination. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but, but Grant Cannell was putting his receivers in bad yes. situations too and at and i think to to boost your point you, maybe the reason to bench him is to sit him down and talk to him and say hey man 
there was a couple times Asa Turner got a, into a wide receiver yes. because of a poorly led football thrown by Grant Goodell. And, and it, maybe it's time to now reel it back in a little bit and not put your receivers – because that's not going to want to – looking in the long run, that's not going to make your receivers want to go up and get a ball because they're getting absolutely blasted out there. And Washington's defense is making them feel the pain. And That hit by Asa Turner was a perfect – uh, perfect tackle for the rules of 2020. Yes, yes, it was, and so was, and so was Keith Taylor's too. To be, to be honest, yeah, you got a guy going out of bounds, and Keith Taylor had his helmet lowered at originally, yep. but then completely turned his body to where it was just his back hitting him. And and when they called that call, I was like, dude, if they get rid of Keith Taylor or Keith Keith Taylor, <laughs> Keith Taylor in this game. I'm going to be so upset because this defense needs Keith Taylor. You know, yes. he doesn't have the interception numbers, but he is that he is the secondary. He, he's the leader. He is the guy that will not give up any passing yards. And I mean, to be honest, I mean, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but that secondary was on fire last night, all the way from <laughs> Keith Taylor to McDuffie to, I mean, when Kyler Gordon played to, I mean, you can't say enough things about Elijah Moulton. Yeah. The dude's an absolute playmaker. So that game was fun to watch. Uh, that was the most comfortable I've been in the third quarter in a long time. Yeah, and to kind of put a bow on this segment, it it really reminded me of the 2015 Arizona-Washington game where a freshman, Jake Browning, you know, starting his career, you don't know what you're going to see out of this, you know, year two of Chris Peterson. Yeah. It was Halloween night. Uh, I was recording the game. I wasn't checking my phone or anything like that. My dad just sends me a text that says Huskies and like three exclamation points. Yeah. And that was an absolute domination that really projected Washington uh, in the, in the, in the right direction. Yeah. And I think that, you know, this could be one of those defining moments of the beginning of the Lake era. I hope you're right. I really do. Now we're going to take a break and thank our sponsors. First, we have Mercury's Coffee. It's an organic coffee roaster started in Woodenville. They now have eight great locations. Their coffee is fantastic. Their bakery is top notch. And their sandwiches are some of the best sandwiches I have ever had in my life. I had a turkey with pepper jack and bell peppers and i almost lost my mind i can't hold up on that bell pepper talk because you know me with my vegetables yep can't do it if it's not meat and it's not a bread i'm out <laughs> you need that starch uh we also want to thank state farm tammy cotton uh out of seattle she is now again it's it's close it's like a 1a and a 1b between Cotton and Cotton. I don't know which one I like more. Tammy Cotton, you need to check her out. She has all your insurance needs. We uh, talked to her last week about swapping over. So go see Tammy Cotton out of Seattle office. Seattle and Friday Harbor. And Friday Harbor. Get to a better state. State Farm. All right. <laughs> all right. Now let's jump into turning points. Jake, you're starting it off. What was the turning point for the offense? That pump, that fake punt. 
Wow. You know, you, I, 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 you tell me a better turning point than that because you start the game, you're about to go three and out, right? I believe it was the first, it was the first drive and I believe it was the first, first down that we had had. And we're punting and you don't think the offense is going to go the way that you want it. You think that maybe this might be a defensive battle. Yep. We fake the punt that we don't even get another first down and Puka Nakua has a 65 yard slant touchdown. Yep. And from that point on, our offense has rolled through three quarters and we don't even ever look back. I, and I don't think that's just the turning point of the offense. I think that's the entire turning point of the entire game offensively and defensively, uh, which basically makes your point moot, but we're going <laughs> to give you a turning point for the defense anyways. So uh, I do agree with you. I think that was a massive play. When he first did it, I was nervous. Uh, and you're right. If he falls and not on bodies, he probably doesn't get it. And we're, you know, maybe we're talking about a different game. But, of course, he gets it. I think that's a great one. I was just giving you crap because it was a, uh, a special teams formation. And, and so early in the game. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? In a game like this, both of the turning points happened in the first quarter. <laughs> Because 17 nothing, I don't know percentages, but my guess is 99% of teams that go up 17 nothing in the first quarter win the game. Yeah. So my turning point was is with 4.52 left in the first quarter. Um, Arizona is already down 10 nothing, and Gunnell drops back after you know they 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 started off with a, a first down run of five yards feeling good they get the first down it's called back because of the penalty yeah. uh then they end up in a third and long situation and Eddie Ulufusio comes in strips the ball from Grant Gunnell on a sack and it ends up in Josiah Bronson's hands and Washington takes over in the red zone two plays later punches it in with Sean McGrew and they go up 17 nothing. And uh, at that point, the commentators were looking for positives to talk about for Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's funny about our turning points is both of our turning points are led by our starting linebackers. Yeah. Oh, really, good point. They, they really, they, they were the turning point for this entire team. And, and that's what we missed last year. And that's what I want to see more of this year. And, and I really like these turning points today. You know what? And uh, obviously one of those starting linebackers turned into a running back for a play, which is yeah. really cool. But um, as we go into grades, I do got to tell you that there's a direct correlation, and this is on purpose, that when Washington linebackers play well, yeah. Washington defense plays well. 100%. And I don't know if there – and we didn't really – list a most improved but i'm gonna put you on the spot and say i gotta you know jackson sermon has to be the most improved player from week one to week two that, oh, well i mean if you want to talk about it let's talk ty jones too yeah ty jones was very solid i mean he going from the case of the drops to kind of looking like a number one receiver especially in third down situation third long situations man there were a couple of grabs that he had that kept those chains rolling that, that led to points. And you really got to thank Ty Jones for, for stepping. I mean, you know, he heard the national narrative about him and that he's supposed to be our guy and that he has a case of the drops and he dropped a touchdown and then to come out and perform the way that he did 
uh, not catching a touchdown, but to continue drive single-handedly is a huge thing. I, I, yeah, those, those two guys were the talk of our show last week as a negative tone. And this week, they both have to be the, the comeback players of the week. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that Ty Jones is – you're seeing him emerge as the leader of the receiving core. And so uh, he did have some drops that were problematic. He did block really well last week. But I think that he, as the leader, is kind of the the face of that receiver room and the issues sure. that they had that they still did have, but there was progress this week. Yep. Um, and we'll get into that right now with our grades. But before we get to the receivers, we have quarterbacks. Dylan Morris in his second game as a starter. Uh, redshirt freshman now has two throwing and one running touchdown. That's not a big number, but those numbers look really good compared to zero interceptions and zero fumbles at all. Um, he Well, there was almost a fumble on that, that halfback run that kind of ended up in his lap. But Yes. He – the guy looks the part he's flinging the rock and I got to give him an A. He's got a better arm than we gave him credit for. Yeah. The only, I think the only reason I probably don't give him an A plus is because he's, he's almost pulling a Jacob Eason on long balls and he's overthrowing quite a bit of them. Yeah. And that's why I gave him a B is there was a couple of plays, and, and this is kind of a, a conversation with both the receivers and the quarterback, but there's a couple of those throws that are 25 yards plus that he's overthrowing the receiver by too much, yeah. that he's not able to make give them a chance to catch it. However, later in the game, he did, and some of those receivers, it came off their hands. Yeah. Uh, another A. Man, uh, Richard Newton, Sean McGrew, Kamari Pleasant, Cam Davis. This might be the most ferocious backfield in the nation. Maybe not the most talented, but when you line up all four of these guys, they can all run over you. Yeah. Kamari Pleasant has been a pleasant surprise. Uh, <laughs> that was pun unintended, but he has. Very I mean, intended. <laughs> he's played really well. He's played better than we thought going into the season when he was named the starter coming into the season. Yeah. Both of us were kind of upset about it. Um, he has completely changed my narrative on him. That spin move he pulled was a thing of beauty. Right. 233 rushing yards without putting the ball on the ground for the second straight game. Four rushing touchdowns. This backfield is nuts. I Everything about this backfield has had – they. Jimmy Lake wore a hat. They showed it on TV. Run the damn ball. Yep. They did. It works. Stick with it. Now his shirt, his hat's going to say stick with running the damn ball. <laughs> That's a lot of stitches. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I gave him a B. I'm going to agree with you. That was absolutely an A uh, performance. They were they they did exactly what they were supposed to do and Richard Newton showed that he has more speed than we or the rest of the national media gives him credit for yes absolutely um I thought Sean McGrew played really well uh he had the most touches he didn't have the most yards he had 11 and 35 but he got that touchdown yep um but this is an absolute stable it's 
And I don't know if this is going to continue as the Jimmy Lake era goes on, if this is just a 2020 thing, but right now there's no workhorse back and that's okay because all four of those guys showed that they can absolutely play at this level. Kamari Pleasant, this is, I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that Washington has from time to time that you, you know, they're on the roster. They're kind of just a guy. They're just a guy, just a guy. And then they explode their senior years due to just fantastic development. And then on their side, work ethic. And Kamari Pleasant is that guy on the offensive side this year. He looks so much better. He's going through contact. Again, I loved the, the long run by Newton, but that spin move to get a first down when he was in the wash by Kamari Pleasant was probably my favorite play from a, uh, a running back. Can't go too far without talking about Cam Davis, who's finally starting to get some playing time. Uh, he runs really aggressively. The nice part about getting four running backs in and getting them many touches throughout the early in the season is now if for some bad reason somebody gets hurt, you have three guys that are sitting there that have game experience that you, you can trust, you know, are able to keep this offense rolling. We don't need to see them all the time. We don't need to see a stable of four running backs just rotating in and in. But knowing that we can trust them what, if somebody does go down is a huge thing for this offense. Totally agree. If you lose a running back, that doesn't mean that you lose all production out of your running backs because you know what you have with your second, third, and fourth guy. Yeah, losing Miles Gaskin was a disaster when he was right. hurt senior year. Right. Losing Bishop Sankey was a disaster. Right. Um, losing Chris Polk, just thinking back to the last three workhorse backs, right. if you lose one of those guys, the running back situation got in trouble quickly. Yes. And now you can move past that. Yep. Receivers. I'm going to give the receivers a B minus. There were plays that were A plays. Um, Puka Nakua's touchdown. Awesome. We talked about Ty Jones moving the sticks, uh, big catches and big moments. Uh, Spiker with the end around um, was a big play. Bynum. By, sorry, Bynum. Um, a couple of catches by Bynum down the field. But again, there were a couple of drops. Puka had a drop off the top of my head. Um, uh, uh, um, Jalen had a deep ball that I thought was catchable. Off it looked fingers, like, yeah. It kind of looked like he alligator armed it a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, the young, other young guy at Dunze had one punched out. We talked about this prior to the show. We both thought it, that was probably a fumble. Yeah. Um, you know, plays like that is what's going to drop them from an A down to a B. Uh, I don't think it was a bad performance. I think it was actually a pretty the wide receiver because ops then I, i'd like to give them an a here pretty shortly yeah i would too um i want to see it more i'm still going to give them a c until i see the drops fall i don't sure. you know puka nakua had one catch for 65 yards and a touchdown which is great but after his drop i don't recall seeing him on the field much yeah. if at all and that's probably a good thing because he needs to figure that out he needs to you know especially in a game where it's not in doubt, take some time, take him out, let him learn from his mistakes, see the consequences of his mistakes, and then, um, you know, start fresh on Friday. Yeah. 
with that being said, Jalen McMillan is absolutely burning. Yeah. Cornerbacks. As soon as he starts catching those balls and he gets the confidence of, you know, running full speed and catching a ball 50 yards from the line of scrimmage, he's going to be fine. But until I, until we see it, I'm going to keep it at a C, maybe C plus, because I think that Ty Jones absolutely emerged uh, as the leader of that group. Yeah, and kind of going on to Jalen McMillan, that was kind of the first ball from Dylan Morris, that a deep ball that we it had was seen on the money. Yeah, that wasn't yeah overthrown, and uh, that's got to be that's got to be caught, and that's if if that's caught, that's a big momentum for those two guys to to figure it out. And I mean, we got p- potentially four more years with those two guys playing together. And that is fun to think of because like you said, Jalen is just torching corners. Uh, He's getting separation. He's not getting jammed. He's a true freshman. And for him to have the ability to run away from guys like that is really encouraging. He's not John Ross. I'm not going to say that, but he has John Ross like uh, abilities. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nobody's as fast as John Ross. But no, literally, John Ross, John Ross would have already been hurt. So, I mean, fun. That hurt. <laughs> it's true. Tight ends. <laughs> I'm gonna give Cotton by himself an A, man. Plus. That guy, I like. I like him a lot. I the very first play of the game, the very first play of the game might have been my favorite play. Um, and I was wrong earlier because there was a first down on the first play of the game with Cotton. Oh, that's right. Where. Dylan Morris rolled right, and I think that's maybe my favorite part of Dylan Morris is he rolled right, and there was a defender in his lap. Yep. And he stutter-stepped for uh, two steps and then ran by the guy. Yep. Last year, we wouldn't have seen that. We would have seen Easton spin and probably get sacked. Browning would have done it. Browning Browning would have gotten out of that, but I liked seeing that capability out of my starting quarterback, the ability to see a defender in his face – not panic, get around him and make a good throw to Cotton, who has hands of gold. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're the most soft gold I've ever seen in my life. The dude doesn't drop anything ever. He's, I, I can't say enough about Kate Otten, man. The guy catches everything thrown his way. He blocks really well. He is the best tight end in the Pac-12, bar none, hands down. I mean, you're exactly right. He's he's one of those guys that are going to go down. He's uh, as one of the best tight ends. He's going to be in that conversation for best tight end at the University of Washington, yeah. which is hard to be in because yeah. there's some really good tight ends yeah. that came before him. But even talking about it, um, I think he has a higher ceiling than Will Disley. I think he has a higher ceiling than uh, example. Drew Sample, absolutely, who was drafted in the second round. Right. You're looking at a guy that's a first or second round talent, and there was a play toward the goal line uh, for Washington uh, in the red zone where he pulled through the hole as like a, a, a second fullback and absolutely right. destroyed uh, a, a lineman or linebacker. Yeah. And and that's what he does. He's He's the perfect – embodiment of a tight end who's a great blocker and a great receiver 100 yards a touchdown and he gets an a plus yes absolutely offensive line i gotta give the o-line an a uh they that's 
you can't say enough about these guys. Uh, wow. Constant pancake blocking. Um, giving – I mean, just look at the stat line. You have Dylan Morris, who I don't believe was sacked. Nope. You, ha- you have uh, a rushing offense with 233 yards. Yep. You score five touchdowns on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, six touchdowns on the day yep. <clears throat> offensively. Um, you can't say uh, – how many times during the broadcast – did they mention that this was UW's biggest offensive line ever? I heard four. Not enough. Right. You love to hear it. These guys are doing their job, and it's fun to watch, man. These 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 big boys are are are. It's it's probably the most I've ever paid attention to the offensive line. Yeah, I completely agree with you. This offensive line through two games looks really really good uh you can tell that during this long layoff they've just been together because they communicate really really well they're keeping dylan morris up and honestly probably their best play was on a screen pass where a guy slipped in from behind but if not and i can't remember who the running back was but ulamu and kirkland were out front um he's walking into a touchdown because those guys are so good in the phone booth yep, and out in open field. Yep. I agree. I, that's, that's the cool part about this is I remember last, last game and uh, this week against Arizona, Washington's offensive line has pulled and been successful with it. Yes. These big boys can get up and move. And the more you do stuff like that, the more team, and, and you've seen it with, you have one of those offensive line in front of you guys are making business decisions and they are getting out of the way. I don't blame. I don't either. If I saw Ulamu running at me, (laughs) I'm running the other way. I'm running the other way. I'm going to lead block for Ulamu. (laughs) Like guys get out of his way, man. (laughs) Don't get hurt. Save yourselves. (laughs) Uh, You ready to move on to defense? I am. Okay. Let's talk uh, the other big guys. Let's let's go D-line. Man, uh, one of the guys that um, Alameda Ta'amu talked a lot about um, was Sam Taimani. And I thought Sam Taimani played a better game than he did in the first game. He yeah. looked – he just collapsed pockets. He was taking on double teams, allowing uh, Josiah Bronson to be more of that speed guy. Obviously, he was there to – pick up that fumble. Uh, you yeah. saw Justin Tuatele in on a lot of action. I, I believe he ended up with a sack. Jacob Bandis made some really positive steps in his development as one of, you know, the next defensive lineman at the University of Washington. I thought they played really well. When I know this is a game where they had to abandon the run, but when you're giving up 55 yards uh, on the ground, your defensive line is doing well. Plus, they were collapsing the pocket in the Grant Gunnell's uh, lap. That's not going to bode well for any offense. No, and and going into this week, we talked about how big and physical Arizona's offensive line was. <laughs> that was a point made by you. Uh, they they their offensive line looked really good last week. Yeah, and they didn't this week. No, <laughs> because of those big guys up front. Yeah, they they had constant pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh. Sam Taimani looks the part, man. He's young, big, he's strong. He's going to develop even more. Um, 
that's the nice part about this defensive line is there is so much youth yeah. that they're only going to get better. And, and let's keep that train rolling with these guys. Let's, let's keep progressing along. And in a couple of years, man, this defensive line is just going to be stout and nobody's going to run on us. Not just Arizona, but nobody. With their two starters not playing right now, obviously Levi Onwuzurike will not be playing and no one really knows about Tule Latua Gasamela yet. Yeah, that's the one thing they mentioned earlier, too. I'd like to see uh, Letu out there and, and making some plays, but for the time being, I'm pleased. We're okay. Yep. Uh, outside linebackers. You got to give them an A. They, again, they really picked on the right tackle. Ryan Bowman uh, had a, a really, really good game. He was in the backfield making Gunnell's life hard. I believe he also had a sack. Zion, ZTF, had another two sacks. And then the one who's really took a step from their first game to their second game, Savelle Smalls. He's looking like a five-star player out there. He didn't quite get to the quarterback. He's getting closer and closer, and he's going to figure out how to finish those plays. The development that I'm seeing from him is really, really encouraging. He's around the ball. He's pursuing after, uh, after the quarterback gets rid of it. He's making tackles. I was really impressed with what I saw from his development. Um, he's just showing how good of a player he's going to be. Um, yeah, that's the off outside linebackers. Those three were the ones that played the bulk of the snaps, and they were really disruptive. Savelle Smalls had two plays in a row that were really encouraging. Um, and neither of them had to do with the quarterback. He blew up around two plays in a row mm -hmm. and he tossed his guy, yeah. his blocker, and absolutely planted the running back. And as a true freshman coming in, a five-star guy, what do you want to do? You want to get after the quarterback. Yep. But for him to read and react as a true freshman – and make those plays on the defensive line are very, very encouraging because not only is he just not pinning his ears back, but his football IQ is really showing as a young guy. And that's, I think, to me, that's the most encouraging part of Savell Smalls right now. Yep, absolutely. Um, let's go inside linebackers. You're going to go with an A again. I thought that... Edifon Ulufusio, again, was dominant. He, he looks – and maybe it's just because of what happened in 2019. He just looks so much better. He looks – he's a lot closer to uh, a Ben Burkirvan uh, than what we saw in 2019. He's always around the ball. He had the sack and the fumble. Um, he ended up with five tackles. But, again, I mean, there weren't a lot of – there, there was a lot of players on the field. So he was dominant. He was in his gaps. He played really well. And the one that I think made the biggest step was Jackson, uh, Jackson Sermon, who ended up with a tackle and a half for yeah. loss, which is really, really important. But more importantly, he was able to plug holes. He was good in coverage. And uh, he, he stayed in his assignment, uh, not allowing any weak spots in that defense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think he moved sideline to sideline a little bit better as well. Yeah, he did not look as slow because he was more decisive. Yes, yep, absolutely. 
Um, I want to I want to give you the chance to grade defensive black backs differently. Okay. Um, I'll, I want to give you corners first. Uh, I'll give them an A. Um, Trent McDuffie, Elijah Molden, Keith Taylor, uh, Mike Martin actually mentioned this in our pregame show that Arizona is the opposite of what a lot of teams are doing where they're, they're still, they don't have those big receivers. They got a lot of really quick, smaller guys. And I was hoping that Washington would jam them up front and and throw off their rhythm. And that's exactly what they did. They really, really struggled. They tackled well. I don't know if there's a program in the country that coaches how to break up those receiver screens better than Washington. And they absolutely flew to the ball. And I, I still, I don't know why programs keep trying to run that on them. As long as Keith Taylor, Trent McDuffie and, uh, Elijah. Elijah Molden are on the field. Those are going to be a loss. Yeah. Elijah I, Molden went two on one, snuck yeah. around the guy and made the tackle in the backfield. Like yeah. stop doing it. Yeah. I, th- those guys, th- they're reading and reacting oh. ability is un- unlike any team that I've watched this season. Yep. Um, they look faster than everybody they play against. Um, there, there was a couple of times they showed Arizona's offense from, uh, uh, panning downward view at them and they, they watched their wide receivers and there wasn't a yard of separation on no. any. It's okay. There, there wasn't a yard of separation on any receiver throughout the entire play. And that's, and, and that is why Grant Gannell struggled so much. Yes. That has to be frustrating. Oh, I mean, when your guys aren't open and then you don't have time in the pocket, that, right. that's how you lose games. Right. And that's how you give the looks that Grant Gunnell look gave to his coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, safeties. Uh, safeties were in it. I thought Alex Cook played well. Yeah. Um, I thought that he was around the ball. He was uh, even more of a factor in this game as – Washington absolutely shut them down. He was he was around the ball more. How many tackles did he end up with? Alex Cook four. four. Oh, there he is. He's way, he's a lot higher than that. With four tackles, which is great um, from your safety, but uh, Asa Turner was a star. Right. Uh, he looked fantastic he re- he reacts so well he's a big hitter and he can run um i would really watch him over the next couple of years because i think he's going to the nfl yeah i agree he's got the body he's got the athleticism uh he just needs to put it all together and uh i agree i i think the safeties do get an a just for the fact of nothing went over the top of them and that's what the safety's job in this defense is. And I think they're fun to watch. I really do. Uh, Asa Turner has the big hitting ability. I'm a little bit worried about him leading with his helmet a couple of times this year. I think, I hope he doesn't do it in a big spot against a big opponent, uh, Washington state or in Oregon. Um, but keep playing the lumber. I like seeing that out of your safeties. You don't, wide receivers are not going to want to come across the middle on you. And, and that's what we need from our safeties. 
Absolutely. Who's your offensive MVP? That's a tough question. Um, I mean, I liked your answer last week with giving it to the offensive line. Um, that's kind of a cop out. Uh, I feel like you need to give it to a skill block guy. So I'm going to give it to Dylan Morris. I think that is a very good choice. I was going to take whoever you didn't, and I'm going to go with Cade Otten. Oh, ooh. No, I'll stick with Dylan. I'm going to split it between Dylan and the offensive line. I mean, the offensive line is the answer yeah. because they're just – they're dominating. But if you want me to give it to a skill guy, I'll go uh, a, half t- a part-time offensive lineman in Cade Otten. Are you going to give it to Cotton or are you going to give it to Tammy Cotton? I, I, what, can it be both? <laughs> cotton is a cotton. Yep. Uh, who is your defensive MVP? This one, I, I really struggled to give it to one person. Uh, you know, Zion obviously is a really good candidate, but I think what the linebackers did was really, really important to this game, and so I'm going to go with Edifon Ulafushio. Uh, you could give it to the inside linebackers together. Yeah, but I didn't want you to say that was a cop-out. <laughs> I would, too. How about you? Um, I really like the fact that ZTF is getting home on the quarterback. Um, last year, we missed out on that quite a bit, um, especially from our outside linebackers. Joe Tryon had a couple of good, decent games last year. Yeah, the second half, he was great. Yep. Yeah, Z- ZTF seems to be putting it together for an entire season, and uh-huh. I like seeing that, so I'm going to give it to him. Perfect. Now, before we move on, it's the conversation that we've sort of had, but it's what's really going on on social media right now is your thoughts on the fourth quarter. Um, I guess you, if you want to look at it as far as a fan, you want to be ranked – right mm-hmm. as, as, as we we want washington to be ranked nationally as a football team and the fourth quarter is not going to help that uh what would have really helped is a 44 to 0 or a 44 to 7 game right. and i i understand that um jimmy lake is looking towards the future of this program um not necessarily just this year mm-hmm. and no better way to do that than to just let your guys go out there and play and the game is over. The game is locked up. And he wants to get his guys some meaningful game time in a season that allows that to happen with no repercussions and to better the situation moving forward into a, a oncoming years, upcoming years. And I can't fault him for that. Um, I think it's an incredibly smart move. And I think that Jimmy Lake has his hands on the controls for not just this year, but many years going forward. And now you can say, look at what we did versus what other teams did. You know, these guys are only playing their starters and they're, they're going out there to try to win games by big numbers. I'm letting you play early. So come on guys, come with me. I'll take you there. And we ended up winning against the spread anyways. Um, I am a proponent of 
what we did. Obviously, I would have liked to see our defense play a little bit better with our third and fourth string guys. But um, other than that, I, I, I applaud what happened last night. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, you obviously saw in the people – People are going to pick on Julius Irvin, who gave up two touchdowns. And what you saw, especially on the first one, was a guy who was getting meaningful reps, uh, and he he froze yeah. when it was time to make his choice. He had it looked like what he wanted to do was come up, and he wanted to jam the guy, but then he got too deep on him. He had already taken that step forward, and then he was behind, and he had to retreat instead of either letting that cushion. Uh, evaporate and then run with him stride for stride. It was enough of a gap that Gunnell was able to make a pretty good throw. Um, But, you know, you can also look at some of the positives as well. Um, Daniel Hamuli played, played well. He hits really hard. Uh, He looks uh, more, he's quicker than he was when he was in high school. He looks like he's putting on good weight. So it all comes down to film and experience. And we talked about it at the beginning of the show. You had a lot of guys in there. Uh, Chris Peterson sprinkled them in. That was a dump of just a ton of players who didn't get a lot of playing time. Now they have meaningful reps to go and, and see what they did right and fix what they did wrong. And that's what you're yeah. looking for. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. and I think the best, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, one of the best uh examples of somebody who came in and struggled early and is now an absolute stud on this defense is Keith Taylor. If you remember back, the first memorable play of Keith Taylor's career as a cornerback was being the left corner against Rutgers when Washington was up and Rutgers hadn't scored yet. And he tripped over his own feet, leaving the wide receiver wide open for a touchdown. And now look where he's at. Right. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it. You mentioned it in years past. He was kind of an awkward pony, you yeah. know, where he was fumbling all over himself, and now he's a hybrid. And he oh, you right. took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> he's an absolute hybrid. Yeah, you know, he stays with you know receivers all over the place, and and that's just progression of of college careers. And this is going to do nothing but help these guys that got early playing time yesterday. Cooper McDonald going out there and knocking down a ball and, and getting pumped about it. That, that's really cool to see. I, I enjoyed it. I really, I don't enjoy giving up points to a team that has no business scoring on this defense, but I do enjoy seeing these guys getting out there and having fun and, and seeing, seeing our starters get the heck out of there. Elijah Molden, Elijah Molden gets a stinger and then, Jimmy Lake says, take your helmet off, kid. Come stand next to me the rest of the game. You know, like, come come learn how to be a head coach someday because you're going to be. That's a great after, point. Yeah. After after your NFL career is over, you can come take this job. You yeah, know? Cameron Fabuciano, he yeah. had two tackles, and it was awesome. He got up, he was clapping, he had a great time. Yeah, you know, now, so – you know, not everybody's going to agree with that. Everybody wants to, you know, beat the heck out of teams, but. Which we do. We, we, yeah. do, we do too on this podcast, but we also understand uh, program building. And that'll do it for us from Trevor Mueller and Jake Grant. For more daily content, go to si.com slash college slash Washington. And our music is brought to you by Jacob Falkerson from the Other Side of It podcast. Go dogs. Go dogs.